When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final out of the program. How are you holding up, Brian? You're hanging in there? Yeah, I'm going good. You're going good. You look good. Breakfast good. on SEM with thanks to Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's Lawyers. Uh, we've got the poll, the big raging poll. Yes. Now, the raging poll was this. If you're Mitchell Moses and you're wishing to win the premiership as soon as possible, do you stay at Parramatta or do you go to the West Tigers? Mm. 60% of participants say the West Tigers. That's, yeah. But yeah. hang on. Yeah. L- Give the facts. Yeah. Give the listeners the full I facts. I gave the full facts. No, that was on one platform, yeah. Instagram. On Twitter, 50, much, 50. much closer. 50-50, but so it still leans the way of the Mighty Tigers. Yeah. No, the Mighty enough. Tigers led by this man, Lee Hadjiman. Tell us he's on the line. G'day, Lee. No, it's Brendan Cow first. We're going to go to Brendan Oh, first. we've got Brendan Cow first. We've been throwing a little dodgy short ball there. Where are you, cheeky bugger? You cheeky bugger. Where are you, Brendan? Oh, mate, I'm just at the Tigers Leagues Club right now. <laughs> just uh, doing some recruitment. Yeah. I don't know. And doing and, some law. I just had a I just had a pasta with Robbie Farrer. <laughs> and um, we've just been chopping it up, mate. Well, if, you reckon you're confused. Wait till Lee gets the big avatar intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mate, he, was, he was amazing in the film. Lee had Japan tell us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, versatile. Let, let's do this again, Brendan, because uh, Brooksy likes to cut this up. Joining us now on the run home with Joel and Fletch is the great Brendan Cow from Avatar. Captain Mick Scoresby, come in. G'day, Joel. <laughs> G'day, Fletch. How are you going? Oh, BC. Great tip. Can, can we just find out, uh, let our listeners know, where actually, where you are at the moment? Uh, I'm in uh, Islington, which is where I'm living at the moment, which is kind of north London. Right. Yeah, I'm in London, where I, where I kind of been based since 2016. Yeah, right. So this is um, this is your home away from home. So is what what are you doing over there? That's an excellent question. Okay. I um, it's so cold. I, I do <laughs> I do actually wonder. Uh, but no, I I um, I did a play called The Crucible last year, and and I'm shooting something in Budapest. Uh, till the middle of the year. So I'm kind of based out of London and I go back and forth there. And um, my life seems to work in like four or five month chunks and you don't really know what the next chunk's going to be. And at the moment, I'm kind of London Budapest. Well, the big chunk that I saw on the big screen, and we're very privileged to get to work with you here at SEN from time to time, Brendan. You were so humble about your role in this massive, massive movie. I was telling the story yesterday with Fletch and the team where took the family to see Avatar and, you know, probably halfway through the movie, haven't yet seen you, and I hope I'm not giving too much away. But then you, you come onto the screen, and because you played it so humbly, I thought, okay, well, there's Brendan's part done and dusted. You, my friend, played a major part in a major movie. Uh, how's it all sort of sinking in for you? Yeah, oh, thanks, man. And I, I got your response and the kids' response. I appreciated you guys all. Or going to see it. I haven't. I haven't seen on um, Fletcher's Instagram that he's taken the kids yet. But <laughs> I, I expect he will at some point yeah. um, get behind it. 
Uh, but I, I um, yeah, it's, you never know. I've been cut out of some movies before, and I don't want to be cynical, but I'm always like, oh, you know, I hope I'm, I hope I'm in there, and and I had a sense I would be because I think without me in there, the bad thing that happens in the movie mm. can't really happen. No. I do the bad thing, so I thought I'm, pro- I'm probably, you know, a good odds here to be featuring in the film. But after an hour and a half, I thought, fuck this. Got my best mate next to me and my agents at the the premiere going, geez, I hope I show up soon, you know. Um, but yeah, Scoresby comes in and it's not subtle. You definitely know Scoresby's a part of it. And, you know, and I've got some really st- good stuff coming up in the next film as well. And, you know, you, you know, I don't tend to t- think in terms of what it does so much for your career, but the experience that I had, you know, that's all I can take away from it is the journey I had with James Cameron on that film and, you know, for a bloke from Cronulla to end up in a film of that scale is pretty wild. I was going to ask you, BC, so is James Cameron on every scene? Is he, like, because I'd imagine he'd be quite busy, but is he there for every actor's scene? Oh, he's there for every, everything, everything. I mean, he, there's, a lot of the post-production happens on set, Fletch, which is different to how other directors work, where they send away the CGI, so... You have a lot of the guys in the visual and sound department on the set. He invented a lot of the technology that they're using. He built the boat that I'm on. He took it out, you know, in the ocean. He knows all the specs. He knows everything that's happening. And there is not one detail in that whole thing that is not him. And if you change your acting or your voice or a word, you know, as soon as he calls cut, that he's going to go, what was that about? Like, he he is that thorough. Um, And I think that's what separates him. It's just like, when you meet Jim on the set, there's nothing else in the world going on with this film. I mean, it is just, you just walk in, kind of like watching the movie, you walk into his world, you know, so absolutely. So, Brendan, it sounds like even you were shocked about the amount of time that you get in this movie. Is that, is that the case? I'm shocked. No, I mean, there was a, a little bits of stuff cut out, but I, when I heard the film was three hours, I thought, well, I'm a chance here of being in the film because <laughs> it doesn't sound like they've cut much, you know, but he did actually cut an hour out of it. And, and, you know, I, it could have gone longer, you know, and, but no, I, I, I was chuffed. I mean, I've only seen it once. It was such a surreal experience to see because, you know, we had a mile of blue carpet and all the stars were there and, you know, it was the big night in in Leicester Square in London. So I think I need to go back and actually watch it to take in what I did because it was a bit of a blur the whole night. I've never been a part of, you know, a premiere like that that I've been in. So I was kind of just reeling and I had my best mate with me. So, you know, I was caught up in the experience. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I... I have a medium-sized role in it, and in the next one, I've got some really cool stuff. Um, so I can't wait for that. Um, now, in the Daily Mail this morning, um, there's rumours abound. Mm. So I think Netflix are, are, are producing a show. It's called Nightmare in Noosa, and uh, your name has been bandied mm. around to play Michael <laughs> Clark in this production yeah, yeah, of yeah, Nightmare yeah. in Noosa. Yeah. Uh, can you confirm or deny that you'll be playing Pup Clark with a dodgy hemi? That I that that I will be playing Michael Clark. Yeah, in the Nightmare in New um, it's going to be coming out on Netflix <laughs> later this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, confirm it. 
confirm I'll confirm it. I would say was pretty spot on. To, to, to quote Michael Clark, I'll let you confirm it, but Joel can't. Yeah, fair enough. Fair, <laughs> who's fair playing enough. Carlos? Yeah, who, who would you like to play, Carl? If you're going yeah. to play Pup, who well, would you like to Matt, – Matty Nable, for sure. Yeah. Well, I actually wanted the – because I'm more of a character actor, so I actually wanted the role of Carlos, but I'm too good looking, so they gave me the role of Michael. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and I can bat, you know, and that's what they – it was like when I played Rod Marsh. They made that's... They needed me – to be able to bat. And I said, yeah, I can bat. You know, I played reps <laughs> cricket. And then when I turned up, I went off oh, Rod Marsh's left-handed. <laughs> did, that, did that make the news over there in London? Were you over there when, the, when this story broke? About the nightmare in Noosa? Yes. About, uh, when it actually, the, when the real uh, nightmare in Noosa happened. Did that make the, the oh, papers mate, over yeah, there? In- yeah. I mean, people were thinking Brexit, NHS. They were thinking um, <laughs> Prince Harry and Meghan. That all just got kicked to the side. Yeah, yeah. That all just got kicked to the side. <laughs> and people, and they were like, how many ladies has Clarky got on his hands? Jeez, he can, yeah. Jeez, oh, what's he going to do this place? Um, but I was, I, I went back to the sheds once um, when we were shooting uh, I think we were shooting Peter Brock with Matt Lenevez. And Matt Lenevez knew Brad Haddon really well. And we got invited back there. And that was in the Lara Bingle days. And I think it was the it was the night where there was the argument about singing the song. Um, oh, and right. I, I remember I had, the, I had the men's calendar. There was a men's cricket calendar. And I was going around to all the players, getting them to sign their month. <laughs> yeah. um, and Simon Kadich had the hairiest chest. And I think is, is Simon Kadich... Portuguese? No, is he? I think Greek he might be. Or Portuguese? I think he might be Croatian. Croatian, yeah, yeah. And he's, oh, I'd see the Croatian, the Croatian rug there, and everyone was in his undies, and 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 then Michael Clark said, "No, I'm a businessman. I don't get in my undies for no calendar." And I said, "Well, it is a charity calendar, you know." But uh, it, it was we got kicked out pretty soon <laughs> after that, and then and then the famous night um, happened, but. Um, yeah, I, that story didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> no, but it, we did get out that Cat's uh, uh, got a very, very uh, handsome chest. Hey, Brendan. Now, speaking about not getting out, and you may not be able to answer this, but I just, I've been trying to search you on Google as far as Captain Mick Scoresby's concerned. Now, this film is a massive, massive film. Yet, and you play a, yeah. you said medium. I think you play a major part, particularly for the humans. There are very few humans in it, so you're very recognisable and a very memorable character. But you can't find much footage or pictures of Captain Mick Scoresby on the net. Is is there a reason behind that? Do Avatar have very strict rules as to what goes out? No, I, I mean. I guess they're a bit worried about the power of Scoresby. They're trying to hold him back and they don't want him to overwhelm all the other stuff. You know, I mean, that's what I feel. Mm. Um, cause, you know, I've only started to do a few interviews about it now, which is probably why it's trickled over the $2 billion mark, mm. let's face it. Yes. It's the kicker that they need it, you know. But, I no, I, I think it's really focused on the Navi and the blue people and the kids, you know, and this the the kind of... I guess the demographic and and the the age they wanted to explore was, you know, Sam and Zoe as the blue people have had children and it's yep. these teenage kids, it's family. Um, and this, you know, the first film was a love story. It was like Twilight or True Romance. You know, it was it was this falling in love. What are we going to do? The world's tearing us apart and we're in love. Um, you're blue, I'm not. Should I become blue? You know, and in the second one, it's like, what do you do when you got, you know, 
when you've got family? What does that mean now? And what happens? Um, so I think that's just the focus. And, you know, Jermaine Clement and I and, you know, the rest of the guys, we kind of add a lot of flavour to it. But that's really what the film's about and, and the connection with nature. And I think, you know, in this time of climate crisis, you watch that movie Avatar and unconsciously I think you come out and go, we've got a beautiful earth, we've got to do something about it. So I think something's, you know, that's more what it's about. Um, other than that, it could be that, you know, nobody really wants to look at photos. There's not a demand. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Fletch, mm-hmm. um, do you know the story and the part the Sharkies played in Brendan landing the role no. of Captain Mick Scorsby? You, you don't know this story? No. Do you mind sharing that, Brendan? Yeah, I'll share it. What What is it? <laughs> the, the part that the Cronulla Sharks played – in you landing ultimately the job of Captain Mick Scoresby, or was that the was that for the um, that might not have been for Avatar, might have Game been for Game of Thrones, was it? Was it? Oh yeah, that was the Game of Thrones tale. Yeah, because I um, am I telling that story? Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, well, uh, another franchise, but uh, a while back. But yeah, the two thousand six Grand Final, best day of my life. Um, and I had about twenty blokes in my living room. And, 8am and for Foyda, for Foyda, for Foyda, uh, scored the try. We won. We beat the Melbourne Storm. Um, and then me and my mates went out all over Notting Hill in London all day singing up, up Cronulla in every <laughs> pub in West London. Went absolutely psycho. And my mum was staying with me at the time because I was, I was, um, I just finished playing Galileo on the West End and, and I had my makeup test for Game of Thrones the next day. And I had a 5 a.m. flight or pickup. Yes. And I was still awake in my landlord's house upstairs at about three or four came down. And uh, mum came in and went, oh, this is such a big opportunity and you're going to ruin it. And I was like, Sharkies, you know. <laughs> and she's like, you know, Game of Thrones, biggest show in the world. And uh, she said, you look red. You look terrible. <laughs> you look like shit. They're gonna, they're just gonna send you back. And I got on the plane. I don't even think I had a wallet, or I think I just took my passport. I was, uh, I was still hammered. And I got on the thing and and went there. And I walked into the makeup truck in Belfast, and I was red and just destroyed. And the makeup lady went, "I think you should turn up exactly like that. You look perfect. You look like you've been at sea. You look like you've been at sea for two hundred years, which is what we want you to look like." We're just going to put a big scar under your eye. You can go home. <laughs> and I went back. I went back that morning, flew back to London. Mum's like, what did they say? And I said, they told me I'd done the right preparation and that <laughs> I looked perfect and to change nothing. Well, tell, <laughs> and uh, she wasn't very happy with that. But you see, well, you got the, you got the gig and now ultimately uh, Avatar all up um, Game of Thrones. Tell me how you landed Captain Mick Scoresby because it's quite the, quite the role. Yeah, I, I mean... Both, you know, Game of Thrones and Avatar have kind of come about through me um, doing theatre, which is something I'm really, you know, proud of, um, of, of kind of doing the good work over over in London. And, and I was playing Galileo and it was in the round. Chemical Brothers did the soundtrack. It was big three-hour physical performance where I'm running around this whole auditorium. And um, Jim had put it out to the casting director, Margie, that he wanted somebody that could command a big space, that could walk onto a ship, and go, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. And she said, oh, I need an actor that, you know, can demand attention on a big space. And so she saw 
um, my agent, uh, Christian Hadell, sent her down to the Young Vic and she went, we love this guy, get into LA. Um, so when I finished that, I went for a three-day audition in wow. LA with James Cameron. I was put in a room at Sony Studios on Manhattan Beach in LA and I had to learn 23 pages with a security guard guy like watching me. Wow. Um, I had to put my phone in a locker and I had to, I couldn't take a printout of the script home or anything. I had to learn it just with this dude watching me. Then I came back the next day and met Jim and had a chat and he said, this is what I'll expect of you. And then on the third day I came back and I was on the live action set with the cameras, the blue people, everything. And it was like hour after hour after hour. And I wasn't kind of getting it. Um, I wasn't, I couldn't quite get it big enough. I couldn't, I didn't kind of have the balls to just really go for it. Mm. And I was in my head and I was going, fucking Avatar, James Cameron, I'm not going to get this. And <laughs> on like the third break, my, I had news that my grandmother um, had passed away, who I was very close with. And I literally went back in there going, oh, I'm going to change my flight and go to Sydney and go to my grandmother's funeral and, and stand next to my mum. And I went, that's all I really want to do. I just want to be with my mum and, and go to my nan's funeral. That's all I want to do. And suddenly when I walked back into the audition, oh. I was like, this is this is a blue movie. James Cameron, he's going to like me or he isn't. I'm just going to show him what I can do. And I let go of the result and I just had a crack. And I suddenly was improvising. I was throwing guys around. I was adding all these kind of weird jokes. And he picked up the camera and go again, go again, go again. And I did about three or four laps of it. And I suddenly hit the level where he was at. And he was like, I think the captain's in the room. I think the captain's oh, in the man. room. And he looked at the casting director and he's like, do you think the captain's in the room? And Margie's like, I think the captain's in the room. I think the captain's here. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, and he goes, you know, I wrote him as 60 in Scottish, but I think he's 40 in Australian. And I was like, yeah, I think he's 40 in Australian too, Jim. Let's go again. Oh, and and uh, I walked out and, and Jim followed me out and he said, look, it'll be a while before we shoot your part, but I just wanted to get this role. And he goes, he said, his avatar, is this the kind of project you'd be interested in being a part of? Is this something you'd want to do? And I'm like, no, dude, I just want to do theatre for $400 a week and like for the rest of like, what are you talking about? You know? Um, so I didn't hear for another six months. I walked away, didn't hear, figure I didn't get it. And then I was in New York doing a play and um, my agents called at 1am and they're like, you've got it. And I was like, got what? And they're like, Avatar, you're going to New wow. Zealand. So it was madness. Mm. Yeah. Madness. Hey, Brendan, great to chat, mate. We appreciate your time. And, and as we mentioned, a major part in one of the biggest films of all time. Mick Scoresby and Avatar, The Way of the Water. Brendan Cow, we appreciate your time here on SEN. Lovely to hear your voices. Go to the shark. Go to the shark. Thank He's, you, uh, There he is, uh, the run home. Uh, just a, a, apologies for line two. It's a different time over there. In yeah. uh, England as well. So it's late at night, I think, if I'm Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean a couple of uh, sneaky <laughs> words dropped through. Yeah, yeah. yeah, apologies to the kids in the car. Yeah, yes. Anyway, this is The Run Home, uh, the breakfast summer show with Brian and Joel. Break it back with more. Vossie and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.